0: Hello and welcome back to the Ryan Spurs Show. And today, it's just me today, uh, not joined alongside my special guest, Crud Sadler. Uh, He is out on a special occasion. Uh, But it's just me, I'm going to talk about a few of the dames that we have missed. I haven't done a podcast for at least a few weeks now. I honestly keep forgetting, so I'll keep doing a few more uh, about the dames coming up. Uh, It's a busy period that's been going on, obviously. Uh, we face Watford tomorrow. That I'll do a preview on that as well. So I'll tell you the games we've actually missed. Then we've missed West Ham. I think it's Crystal Palace and Southampton. Southampton the last game. And I'll go over each game individually. So I guess we need to start. See, see where are we in the Premier League table? That is the most important thing. We're seventh in the table right now. In uh, thirty points, we've obviously got a few games still in hand. Uh, Two in turn of top four leaders at Arsenal Which we do face in a couple of weeks time Which will be a big match As they do face Manchester City uh, And they have just missed a match because of Covid as well So yeah it'll be a good match if we do go and beat Watford But we need to beat Watford first Which is a main name And we should have beat South, we should have beat in Southampton But obviously uh, that was uh, VAR to come in hand on that one So that'll be another big topic to talk about In this podcast as well but first of all, let's start off with uh, the EFL Cup. Uh, obviously, we, we've we been drawn in the semi finals as well. So, yeah, a lot talked about in this. So, we'll start off with uh, the actual game itself. Tottenham versus West Ham. We won 2-1 in the end. Uh, wasn't that great of a performance for us, in all fairness. I think West Ham dominated us most of the game. Uh, but we got two of the goals in quick time. We went in front, 1-0, Stephen Birdwine... Uh, I think he's losing. He he doesn't have Doesn't have confidence in front of goals, does he? Uh, That's what my dad said. Uh, He doesn't have confidence in front of goal. Stephen Birdwine. That's what. If he did have confidence in front of goal, and he wasn't afraid to shoot all the time, or did have that ability to shoot and actually score goals all the time, then he could be a very good player and have lots of potential. Which I'm not saying he doesn't have potential, but. I'm saying he just needs that confidence, that one piece of confidence. So we went 1 and up in the 29th minute, minute not playing that well, uh, off to a slow start, uh, as we usually do. Um, then Jared Bowen scored in the 32nd minute, which was a very sloppy goal. I think it was from a set piece, I'm not really sure, but it was somewhere near a set piece, which we actually did struggle in that game. It was West Ham's uh, That was one of West Ham's positive set-pieces. That's one of their positives throughout the whole season. And that's where they were so dangerous at in this game. And really, uh, we got lucky that we didn't concede any of those set-pieces. Because knowing our history, we're not very good at defending uh, corners or free kicks. But I thought we did okay. Um, If it was under Nuno, I would expect us to lose this match. Um, I've probably just said about that a million times throughout the past few matches, saying if we still didn't sack Nuno, then we'd be in such worse a position now. But that we can only blame Daniel Levy himself for not appointing Conte at the start of the season. People saying, or him saying himself, Conte, that he wasn't ready for the job at first. First, uh, first, at first, uh, That's why he declined it, apparently. I'm not sure about that. But onto the game itself, uh, it was 1-1, half-time. I'd say West Ham really... It's just edged that game a bit more in the first half. Then we, then, well, actually, we scored in the second, first half. Sorry, Lucas Moore got a goal in the 34th minute. Uh, yeah, I remember that goal, it was a good goal. Uh, I think Stephen with would be assist. I'm not, I'm not sure, I think he was someone included in both goals. Stephen Bergerwine had a good game, good game from him. Back in the starting line at that game, but uh, throughout the future games, he didn't really get a start, we'll go into that in a minute, because we got other games talked talk about as well, so yeah, West Ham dominated the second half, and most of us, too. so it wasn't that great of a performance to be honest, but we went home with a 2-1 win, and we are through to the semi-finals, in the semi-finals, we faced Chelsea, in the semi-finals, it's always Chelsea, it seems to be, it was uh, two, few seasons ago we placed Chelsea, a few more seasons back we played Chelsea, so it seemed to be a... a a vast history of playing Chelsea, it seems, in this particular trophy. And in, I say, FA Cup, we faced Chelsea many times in the semifinals under Pochettino, uh, back in the good days, which we can hopefully recreate these good days now, with hopefully winning a trophy uh, under Clontae. Maybe this one. I'm not entirely sure how this will uh, end up. Obviously, with Stanford Bridge, Stanford Bridge first leg and we come to Tottenham Harper Stadium, hopefully winning the first leg to try and seal the win in the second leg. And in the the other EFL Cup draw, uh, it's Arsenal versus Liverpool, so we'll we'll face one of them too. And fun fact, we've never played Arsenal in a Cup final ever in our history. And it's quite amazing to think that because we're two great clubs, been been in loads of Cup finals, all of us, both of us, both teams have been in loads of Cup finals and we haven't faced each other in one, so... Uh, if I choose one of the teams to go through into the final with, I'll choose Liverpool. Um, not not just because not just because I don't want to have a North London derby in the final. It's because uh, both the teams wouldn't want to lose that match, and Arsenal will be up up for it more than Spurs, in my opinion. But we we'll have to wait and see in the future. So that was the EFL Cup match. Moving on to that, um, we faced Crystal Palace on Boxing Day. A few days after the West Ham match. West Ham was on Wednesday, I think, and we played on the Sunday. Uh, my dad was included in the programme in this match, funny enough. He had to write his first game. First game uh, ever he went to Tottenham with. This was against Bristol Palace, funny enough. It was a 2-2 draw. Leonard Hoddle scored both goals back in the old days. Uh, 1978, 1978, 1979 season, something like that. But let's talk about this game in particular. 3-0 win. Uh <laughs> we continue our just form on Boxing Day. I don't think we've actually lost a Boxing Day match for over ten games. I'm not entirely sure. Ten below ten or just over ten. Probably around that margin of time. I don't know if it's that stats, but I have heard we uh done quite well on Boxing Day and we continue this record with a three nil win against Crystal Palace. Uh we'll go through the game then, uh there's a red card for Crystal Palace as well. But talking about Tottenham's goals, we got off. We got off to. We didn't really start off that well. Uh, this has been a case within the last few matches, or just Conte's reign as Tottenham manager. We haven't really got off to a a good start. You know, Crystal Palace really dominated us. If you can say it that way in the first ten or fifteen minutes. But then we really graduated into the game after those fifteen minutes. Harry Kane scored in the third second after we started playing well after the first 15. Uh, it was a good goal. I mean, it wasn't that great of a shot, to be honest. I think Jack Button could have done better. If you watch the replay of the goal, uh, probably find it on YouTube somewhere. But, yeah, it wasn't that great of a, that great of a finish. It wasn't that clean of a connection. Well, I wouldn't say clean of a connection. It was just straight at him. Uh, it just wasn't a I should say it that way. But then 1-0, we go up. We really have the game on our hands. Uh we start playing brilliant football. Two minutes later, Lucas Morris stores, a brilliant cross by Emerson Royale. Uh that's that young young boy, Emerson, I think he's got some talent in him. Uh people saying he is the next Serge Aurier. We'll have to wait and see, but I'd I I i do not I disagree with that fact he could be uh just a better version of Serge Aurier. I do believe he is one of the next world talents potentially 'Cause, you know, I'm I I've been reading that Conte doesn't want does wants a new right back, but you know, I d I don't believe every report. But we we'll chat to wait and see how his career will evolve. He, he got the assist for Lucius Morris goal with a good cross, he played well with that match, Kept the clean sheet along with the whole defence. So yeah, not much more you can ask for from uh uh both sets of players, Morris is more of a good finish, good header, if I can say diving header. Uh, we go 2 0 up. Then, just a few minutes later, three minutes later, after Lucas Morris' goal, so that's what, what, was that, yeah, three minutes later after uh, Lucas Moore's goal, Wilfred Zaha makes a, st- a stupid, stupid uh, decision to push uh, Emerson Royale, I believe. And I think he's one of our players, he pushed for no apparent reason, and he gets sent off himself. Really, really stupid from Wilfred Zaha. He's He's such a weird player. I can't lie. He's just one of the weirdest players. Honestly, he's just—I don't know. This is why he doesn't get into a team like Liverpool. I've—I've read that in the past few years, teams, big teams, actually wanted him. But the reason they do that, then why would they want him? Uh, he's in the Crystal Palace. He's—he's he's in Crystal Palace. I think he. I think he. Uh, I think he just needs to, needs to man up in that. Those kinds of situations and not make a such a stupid decision and push Emerson Royale. Uh, that's from a Crystal Palace point of view. Uh, he gets a red card, then it goes to half time. It is half time. And we gain the momentum for the rest of that half. And him in on stores with Silver Dame off 3 0, a good win on boxing day, it continues the records. So not much more you can ask for on that game either. Uh, two wins out of two. And then it was Conte's second away match, uh, in the Premier League. I think it is his second away match. Let me have check. Because we played Everton uh, away from home in his first game. Um, have a look, actually. No, this is his second Premier League away match. In fact, uh, as Tottenham like, manager, and uh, we draw one one in the end. And we'll go through the game in a minute. Uh, really. Really, we should have won the match only because of the VAR and uh, referees. It was a complete disgrace, really, because we just got two points for no apparent reason, only because the officials can't make the decisions. So, I I don't know what to say, except from it was appalling decisions. So, I'll start off with the first one then, shall I? There's about four goals we should have had, actually, thinking about it. Um, we go what we don't start off we were well, again. It's, it's a case. again, we don't start off. We haven't started off well in matches, which is quite worrying. But I'm sure once we get better players in the January transfer window, I'll come onto that in a minute. In fact, about the January transfer window, which opens on, on the first of January or second of January. I'm Not entirely sure what, on what date it opens or what time. But yeah, but until we get better players come in, then I'm sure we can improve a bit on the first first fifteen, as we haven't really never started off well in the say. It's like it, but another facts to talk about in another podcast, we'll start off with the first goal then, Southampton going front, um, it was a good goal actually, by War prowse he's got good talent that young man, and um, I think I think he would be a good fit for Tottenham, I'm not just saying is because I want him, I'm just saying this as a uh, Southampton point of view, like he would be a good fit for big clubs, because... Well, it was a good goal, but it was just poor defenders from Tottenham, really. So, turning back from a Tottenham point of view, and how I feel as a Tottenham uh, perspective, I wasn't I wasn't too surprised to be honest. We didn't start off that that great again. I keep saying that, um, and they gained the momentum first of all, and they scored the first goal. So I was thinking, well, it isn't that bad, isn't that bad? Because we could come back, we still got uh We've still got eighty five minutes, sixty five minutes uh, left of the game, so I wasn't too worried then uh Mohamed Salisu, in fact he pronounced his game, gets a red card in the thirty red card in the thirty ninth minute. Uh so yeah, two two red cards in the space of two Premier League games. Um for Tottenham Hotspur, the opposition they're playing against. They get a red card. So I thought from that moment on, um well it, it was actually a penalty actually, to be fair. It was a penalty kick that that red card came from. It was a it was a double yellow. He already had a yellow before to his So yeah, it came from a penalty. I thought once we score this penalty, we'll be right back from the game and we'll have we'll gain the momentum for the rest of the game, and we should easily win the game because we're against ten men, right? So Harry Kane scores the penalty, neat, neat, nice and neatly, and it's well put away. Until we until we start really having decisions going against us. So then, what? So, uh we go into the second half here. Um, Southampton just really went so defensive in that game. Honestly, time wasting from uh, Fraser Forster, uh, which really annoyed me actually because I hated seeing him go down on the floor when it was sixty minutes into the game. Uh, so yeah, quite annoying actually to do that they were time wasting sixty minutes in. Uh, or even just at the start of the first, sec- for second half, actually. They was still time-wasting. Obviously, the manager, Ralph Rassenhutur, or whatever you pronounce his name, uh, put them out as defensive or part of the bus in the second half. But that's from Southampton. Tottenham. Otherwise, we've had, what? We've had two disallowed goals. That should have been a goal. Uh, there's one other one that was offside, obviously. And, yeah, so Harry Kane gets a goal disallowed because his armpit was offside so apparently if his shirt sleeve was higher up then the goal would have been counted which is which is <laughs> I, I'm, I'm speechless to be honest to say, say to the, is it a race because of his shirt sleeve he's offside so if his shirt sleeve was higher up it would mean uh, he was he would have been onside which is just crazy really we're going back to last season's rules of having so tight decisions given against us, it's it's crazy. And then later on, a few few hours later, it was Foden, it was uh, Foden who actually got given onside for a worse decision made, a worse offside decision made, uh, uh for Man City against Brentford. They won one 0 in the end, uh, by the way, Man City, I think there's two or one nil. I'm not sure. But yeah, listen up uh, both points of view. If I was a Southampton fan, I I would even I'd be happy that the goal was disallowed, obviously. But I'll be saying to I'll still be saying to myself, How is that goal, how has that goal been given against Tottenham Hotspur? Because it was clearly on Like <laughs> I'm I'm not, I'm not gonna repeat myself again, but it was clearly onside and I'm saying no more, but VAR just I think it should have been abolished in the first place uh from when it came in a few seasons ago. Not entirely sure when it actually came in. Might have been last season or three seasons ago. But it should just be a bodies VAR. It should come in for clearing obvious mistakes. Was that clearing obvious was that clearing obvious mistake? Uh I don't think so because how how would the linesman know if that's offside or not? Literally if he had the best view he's had the best he the best view in the house for the offside there and he's just his decision on field is to it on onside, so surely just go with that. Give, give, yeah, just give him the benefit of the doubt, or give him the benefit of what his decision was. Uh, and then we have another decision here, which was the goalkeeper dropped the ball, and then we tapped it in. Again, it's just the goalkeepers are so protected in this Premier League because any small contact, he didn't even touch him. I don't think it was just a small barge and. Fraser, Fraser Forster has clearly dropped the ball. Crazy, to be honest. But, really, I'm going to say nothing more about the VAR, because I'm, I'm I'm too overwhelmed, and we go away with the 1-1. And it's really important now we win against Watford to stay within the top four margin. And, yeah, we can't drop points against Watford. Watford haven't kept a clean sheet uh, all season, so maybe so may that guarantees we'll score. Probably not. No, I'm in Tottenham Hotspur away away from home. But let's see what happens. But I guess I'm going to say no more. Well, uh, what was that from? Yeah, no, no, I'm going to say no more. I'm going to say nothing about the January transfer window Uh, right now. It's not really open yet. I'll have to see what the reports are saying. F- reports about Frank Tessie, uh, Dusan Lahavich coming to Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, Fabrizio Romano did say on uh, a, a, a Tottenham Hotspur fan podcast once... Uh, a few other day, a few days ago, he did say this that uh, he expects Tottenham to sign three or four bid players. Uh, state in his words, but I am going to say no more about that or any other topic, except from we have to win to win tomorrow against uh, Watford. So, I guess, guys, thanks for listening to my podcast, and I see you in my next video soon. Bye.